0: Hello, and welcome to This is the Greatest Song I've Ever Heard in My Entire Life, a podcast about the music we love and why we love it. I'm Scott Nantarante, and joining me, as always, Catherine Moore. Catherine, how's it going?
1: Hey, Scott, it's going pretty good. How's it going with you?
0: You know, it's it's going pretty good. We're getting close to the end of the year. Yeah. Which is overwhelming. Hard to
1: believe. We're already thinking about our... 2024 programming for the podcast. It's a little bit wild.
0: I know. Yeah, we've got some exciting things lined up. Hopefully,
1: Really cool so. people on deck. So I'm excited for y'all to hear it.
0: Yeah, but we have a very exciting guest today, Jack Coyne. You may know him from TikTok, particularly his Trackstar series where he quizzes people about music. So exciting to talk to him. Um, but before we get to that, Catherine, what have you been listening to lately?
1: So I started on a project this week. I decided to um, listen to the 500 Greatest Albums of All Time that Rolling Stone put out in 2020. They've done this list before in 2003 and 2012, um, but then they like redo it. And so I'm listening starting at number 500, going down to number one. um, And I'm like maybe six or seven in right now, but I just listened to Boys to Men, the album two. And I've never really listened to... Boys to Men before, and they're just so good. And then there's a Shakira record called "Donde Estan Las Leonas" that like took me out. It's so fun. Like, Shakira is so fun, but I only know like the hits from her. So, right. yeah, it's been a really enjoyable thing so far. And like, yes, it's just another hobby of media consumption, but it's like also kind of enriching my like. <laughs> music history and that sort of thing. So that is my yeah, project right in now. Yeah, fill the
0: gaps. Yeah. That's exciting. Well, we can continue to check in on that for like another year. Yeah,
1: so. I'll be accountable to this. I'm trying to do about one or a day and sometimes even two a day, depending on what I'm doing. So yeah, hopefully that'll kind of keep me engaged in some of the music that I might not know about. So yeah. What about you, Scott? What are you listening to? You know,
0: I'm just like getting ready for the end of the year. So I'm you know listening to a lot of stuff throughout the year to sort of make my lists prepare for our end of the year episode yeah. um but i am i am excited i don't want to jinx it because you know these things can go a certain way but i'm allegedly seeing sky ferreira in concert oh man tomorrow.
1: that's like a big deal that is a long time coming. Yeah. Have, you, have you ever seen her in concert? She didn't tour much. I've never,
0: I've never seen her. Yeah. Yeah. So.
1: Ooh. That'll be so exciting.
0: By the time this comes out, we'll know if it I'm knocking
1: on for one the, for you. But, I'm crossing my fingers for you. I think it'll be good. I think she'll show out for NYC.
0: I think so, too. It'll be an experience yeah. no matter what. So, um <laughs> And, and those songs are so good. Like, she's so great that like, I'm just excited. Yeah, exactly. That, so. See
1: you live. Uh, best of luck on that. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. But what have, uh, what have our fans been listening to? I know we talked about Spotify wrapped. Yeah, years we
1: had some responses for top song from Spotify wrapped from a few folks. And I love that it runs the gamut here. So, Marissa um, said hers was Heaven by Maude Latour, um, which is such a good song. Mm, And she said, send it to your crush. So that was her advice for that song, which (laughs) very, yeah, crush worthy song. Anthony's was Fast Car by Luke Combs. Of course, that was getting a lot of attention this year being a cover of the Tracy Chapman and I mean I that was my first time listening to that even though I love the original Tracy Chapman version and it was good it was a good cover so I'm I'm excited for that one
0: yeah I mean you know he does it
1: (laughs) (laughs) um Jerome's was is it really you by love Love, yeah yeah (laughs) and uh you buried Jerome pick (laughs) for that one it was it was good yeah Um, And then Ashley's, again, very Ashley pick for this one was Swan Upon Lita by Hosier. Yeah, great picks. What was your number one song again?
0: Mine was uh, Red Wine Supernova by Chapel. Okay,
1: nice. Yeah, Yeah, mine was Taylor Swift. It was Beachy Old. Nice. And yeah, just a fun time of year. So if you have not shared your Spotify Wrapped and want somebody to share it with, send it to us. We love seeing that kind of thing. Or I should speak yeah. for myself. I love seeing that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Send it our way. We'd love to know what you're listening to.
0: Yeah. But all right. So we are talking to Jack Coyne. He's the founder and host of Public Opinion NYC and Trackstar. Um, Catherine, this is exciting.
1: Yeah. Trackstar is becoming huge. His show is really incredible. So that's how we found him is via TikTok, via TrackStar. That's how why we wanted to get him on the show. But then I also realized that I recognized him from years ago when I used to watch Casey Neistat vlogs and like kind of oh, was yeah. like interested in that like three six eight kind of creator space. So I think he's been doing this for a while. But this public opinion at NYC where he kind of like quizzes people about New York, and then um, TrackStar where he. Quizzes people about what, what artists they're listening to has been a really, really big thing on TikTok. So, such a cool conversation. We get into a little bit of the nitty gritty on the bookings and everything too, which is really cool. So, we're really excited to for you to hear this.
0: Yeah, he's a super nice guy. So, let's uh, get right into uh, it.
1: She's a runner, she's a track star. She gonna run away when it gets hard. She can't take the pain, she can't get score. She hurt anyone that gets involved. Don't wanna commit by taking this ball.
0: All right, well, Jack, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. So excited. Maybe let's start talking about Trackstar because that's how I maybe I saw you for the first time on TikTok, probably. And for anyone who hasn't seen, maybe you can describe what that is and um, how it came to be.
2: Totally. So, Trackstar is a show that exists on all platforms TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. And it's a short form video series where we quiz people about music. I give you $5 if you can name the artist. And I start with a relatively easy song. Think about like, help. Oh, that's by the Beatles. Yeah. And then you're hooked. Or the person who's playing is hooked. And they go, I could win a lot of money at this game. Because then it goes double or nothing. And it goes double or nothing for infinity. The furthest anyone's ever gone is 2500 something dollars. I can't do the math off the top of my head. Oh my gosh. And, um, and then quit. So you can, o- you can always stop. And so it's like it's it's both a game of musical knowledge and a game of gambling.
0: Yeah, I gotta I gotta say it's it's why I like avoid downtown Manhattan <laughs> now because because I'm nervous that if I run into you and I might make an ass of myself. Yeah, you know, and and mess up on something super he obvious. He get totally so.
1: roasted if you missed like a, a dumb song, and yeah, it would there'd be a lot of a lot of about that.
2: <laughs> the funny thing about the game is that. When you're watching on your phone, it's a very different experience yeah. than when you're live in person. And I think the audience watching at home likes to think of themselves as experts. And they say, oh, I knew that song. I knew that song. It's a lot harder when the camera's on and the pressure's on. And trust me, people Absolutely. have tried to do this to me, and it's it's really hard. <laughs> Someone did it, did it to me the other day, and I was like, what? I've never heard this song before. But
0: yeah, I mean, how, how did that come about? When when did you start doing that?
2: We started the show at the beginning, probably in February um, of this year. I had the idea in my head for a really long time. I run a uh, short form video content. We make YouTube videos, mm-hmm. TikToks, all that stuff. We have this other show called Public Opinion NYC, which is a very NYC-centric trivia game show. And we wanted to do something that was broader than just New York City facts. Some, like, And music is universal. Yeah. It doesn't get more broader than music. So um, I had the idea in my head for months. And finally, I told the guys, I was like, let's go. We're shooting this. And the first one we did, I was like, this is... People are going to be into this. This is good. And so it took off pretty quickly, but towards the end of the summer is when it really started ramping up a lot and um, it's, it exceeded our original show that we created in audience.
1: Yeah, you've had some pretty big names on there recently too. I'm I, That's got to feel like there's probably some synergy there of like the show taking off and also people want to promote their albums or whatever in different ways. And that's a really cool way to do it. It feels a little bit more subtle if it's not like, Olivia or Riga or Ed Sheeran or something, some like some other like up and coming artists, do you kind of seek those folks out if they're more up and coming? Do you run into people? Like how does that work? Like for smaller artists that maybe aren't no aren't household names.
2: Okay. So with a big reveal is going to come out. This is the answer <laughs> to the question. Everyone wants to know how do you get on the show? If it's an artist big or small, Pretty much every time it's been it's been set up where they either the record label reaches out or a manager or someone says, I love the show. Would you be interested in having this artist on? And we don't do it as a way, in fact, we respond to these people and say, We're not gonna do it to promote a song, we're not gonna do it to promote the artists, we're not necessarily gonna talk that much about their music, but it gives me an opportunity beforehand to listen to what they make and try and get a sense of what they might be inspired by and their influences and if the person is. Somewhat well known, you can read a lot about them and read songs that they like and learn about their history. I, I like doing those those videos just as much as just a regular person that we meet on the street. Yeah, if it's not someone that if it's not an artist, it is someone that we actually met on the street <laughs> who walks up to us and we started playing.
1: That's a really interesting part of the show. I feel is so with a random person you meet on the street. It seems like there's a little bit of pre work of like asking their musical taste, and sometimes that's on the show too, but. Then you kind of have to maybe do some like real-time playlists. I don't know, like how do you sort of do that in real time, figure out their vibe, what they might know and like increases in difficulty and that sort of thing.
2: Um, I always come prepared with a playlist. I'm constantly working on a playlist of like new songs that we haven't used yet. I always want to do new songs. I don't want to repeat songs as much as like as possible. We probably have a few times. Usually I'll start and I'll play one song first and then I'll ask them what kind of music do you like and try and find something really broad. But the point of the game is to find stuff that's universally appealing. And so I don't want to play music that people are like, that song is like not that good. Why did you play that? I want to find stuff that for is that is hit songs for a reason or popular artists or well-known artists. So like I'm going to Rolling Stone's top 100 artists of all time and trying to feature those people so that the most amount of people will like it. Or will, will not necessarily like it, but we will be able to recognize who the person is. And then sometimes the person says to me, oh, my favorite is Jazz. I won't have had that much jazz lined up, so I'll go to, like, Spotify or Apple Music, look up jazz hits, and then I'll look through and quickly, like, decide, oh, what's a song that I know? Who's an artist that I know on here and play that?
0: Yeah. Well, so, yeah, I mean, let's talk more about your history then. Growing up in New York, what were you listening to? Like, what sort of first grabbed you?
2: Um, So, first, you would listen to the stuff your parents are playing, Mm -hmm. I think,
0: and your family's playing, people around you are
2: playing, and so that, for me, was definitely... The Beatles, who I didn't like when I was a kid, because my dad would always have the Beatles on. I'd be like, this man's stupid. I want to listen to, I don't know what I,
0: I would probably listen to Britney Spears or NSYNC
2: or Backstreet Boys or something. And I was like, why would we listen to the Beatles? I want to listen to No Strings Attached.
0: Yeah, great album.
2: And then that is a great album. And then I first became kind of conscious of like my own choices in music, probably when I was like 14 or something like that, 13, 14. And I I was like, okay, I have a little GIF money on the side. I'm going to go to the record store. I mean, I'm going to go to the CD store, Virgin Mega Store, and buy something. And at that time, it was classic rock was the first thing that sort of like, I was like, oh, this is cool. This is what cool people listen to. Like Led Zeppelin, probably. And then expanding out from there. So it was kind of a cross between what my... Parents and family and friends were listening to, which was pretty broad, popular rock, Beach Boys, Beatles, and then like traditional classic rock stuff that I got into on my own. And at the same time, hip hop, New York City centric hip hop. I listened to Eminem, but like quickly discovered when 50 Cent first came out, he became my favorite rapper and kind of went out from there. High school and college is when you're the most like, I want to find this song that no one else knows. I want to discover something. So that was the time when I was exploring the most, and then you get a job and you stop finding time to find new music, <laughs> yeah. and so you just keep on the retreads because you already have enough. You already have. There's infinite songs. You got like the how stand you got fit more, but then you do.
0: Yeah, I mean, do you feel do you feel like that that you're sort of like not as interested in like keeping up with every sort of thing that's going on right now?
2: I'm not as interested in keeping up with everything, but I do think that the music apps. Streaming apps have are good at helping filter through the stuff that you're like, oh, this is like a transcendent song. And I listen to the radio a lot. Like anytime I'm oh, in a wow, car, yeah. I'm like, I want to listen to FM radio and change the dial and see like, and that's how I find a lot of popular music and new music that's coming out is, is through the radio.
0: Yeah, that's cool. I never get to listen to the radio because <laughs> I'm not driving, really. You know, <laughs> so it's like there's get the IR radio. App. I know. I actually, I actually have a physical radio and I just never use it. You know. Yeah. But, like, yeah, there's something about yeah.
2: the car and the radio that yeah. just goes together.
0: Exactly. Yeah. You know, you were talking about finding that stuff that feels like you, especially in, in college. Like, were there specific albums or artists or songs that you feel like really stood out that still stick with you now? When I was in college, the weekend came out mm. with
2: his first album, and he was kind of like an unknown person. And he, at the time, he didn't show his face. He just had these mystery albums. Yeah. And I was like, re- they really resonated with me for some reason. Frank Ocean first came out with Nostalgia Ultra, Yeah, which was like his mixtape before he released Channel Orange, and that album I listened to 24-7. The album we're going to talk about, Astral Weeks, I discovered sure. when I was in college. I started listening to the band when I was in college which for some reason I sort of think of those two things the same, maybe because I was listening to them at the same time. And like Vampire Weekend had released Modern Vampire of the City, I believe, when I was in college. I thought that was an amazing album. So those are the things that I was thinking about at that time. For I think maybe my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy came out when I was in college, and I was really into that as well. Yeah,
1: that was a big thing in college for me too. That was 2010, I think, okay. and that was – even the people who were not Kanye fans or hadn't been previously, I feel like everyone was listening to that album. It was such a moment.
0: So a lot of times on the show we have musicians or music journalists or people whose primary thing is music. Um, but of course we'd like to talk to people like you who are interested in music, but don't, you know, it's not your main thing, but of course you do this music show. Now this quiz show, what excites you about music?
2: Um, I think the main thing for me is like how much I think people appreciate music and how much it triggers emotions. And I'm sure you guys are aware of this during yeah. the show and tapped into it. It's like, it's such a beautiful thing that it makes people feel all types of way. And when I've spoken to artists and I asked them, how do you write songs? They're like, I had this feeling. I was, my heart was broken or I was really happy or I was really sad. So like music comes from this place of emotion. It's attached to emotions. It triggers emotions. And I just think that that's such a, wonderful, beautiful thing that only music does.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think us asking this specific question and asking like, you know, what is your favorite song or, or the song you think is the greatest song of all time, it it ties so much to emotion. So many people bring us songs that are, you know, nostalgic or, or things that their parents showed them or um, things that remind them of a specific moment or something. It's like very often, you know, this really personal connection that we have to this music and that that is just really cool which is a perfect transition to ask you jack what is the song that makes you scream this is the greatest song i've ever heard in my entire life
2: the song that i chose is madam george by van morrison
1: and history books you into the eyes of madam george
2: I don't want to over it because i think this is an impossible question and you sure you get a lot of pushback on this there's yes. many incredible <laughs> songs there's many but i chose yeah. this one because this is an album that i really love and i was thinking about this question and i had been listening to this album and i was like for some reason i didn't i wasn't always thinking about this song i always think about this record right and then this song I realized was standing out to me more recently for some reason, and we get we're getting into that reason. But it's Madam George for sure.
0: So this is from Astral Weeks, his 1968 album, and I you know I have to admit I've actually never heard this album before today. I was listening to it in prep, and of course you know I've been aware of it and I've. Of course, been aware of Van Morrison. And I know that this is regarded as maybe his biggest artistic achievement. It's often on lists of greatest albums of all time. Um, when did this come into your life?
2: My good friend from college, Alex Spizer, showed me this album. We were driving around, leaves were fallen, and he's like, Have you heard this? And the first song comes on, he's like, This is this is that shit. This is what you need to know. And it just stuck with me. It like right away resonated. And I had always been a fan of Van Morrison, always listened to him. And I became aware of that album. And it just like immediately ascended to like the album that I always come back to all the time. Because I just, I don't know, it just makes me feel, it's just beautiful. I just think it's transcendently beautiful. And I think that he's tapped into him and the people that he played this out record with were just performing sort of this jazz on a whole nother level, this kind of like, they were like tapped into something spiritual when they made this. It wasn't like, or was a fluky thing.
0: Yeah, all the songs are very sort of hypnotic and droning. and, And, you know, I've seen it described as very much like stream of consciousness kind of lyrics. And Catherine and I are both, we talk about this on the show, we're both like music people over lyric people. Like, it's hard for me to like, pay attention to lyrics when i'm listening to a song especially for the first time. So i think stuff like this is not always in, in my wheelhouse because it's so like focused on his poetry and his lyricism whereas like the music is really beautiful and it's got this sort of momentum and this, you know, cyclical nature and everything but it doesn't um, it's like not what immediately draws me to something, you know.
2: So it's interesting that you say that because i think that this song there are lyrics to it but I don't really know what it's about. And I never oh, thought wow, about yeah. what it's about and what, what he's trying to say. He, to me, he's singing in a way that's, his voice is just like any other instrument oh, yeah. throughout the whole album. And so I hear this and I'm like, sure, his vo- the vocals are leading it. And the lyrics are just sort of like random words that he's mm-hmm. saying that come together. And they're like, I, I don't think about the words necessarily. I just think about the sounds that he's making like as if he's playing like like the flutes that come in the back and he's And then when you do think about the lyrics a little bit, you're like, okay, there's this abstract sort of portrait that he's painting here of this character, Madam George. And there's a lot of mystery about Madam George, but apparently in an earlier recording or an earlier writing of this song, it was Madam Joy. Mm. And when he came and when they recorded this album, he was like, oh, it was maybe misprinted as Madame George because it sounded like he was saying Madame George, and then it became Madame George, <laughs> not Madame Joy.
1: And yeah. I didn't know that. I think they also recorded this live, so I think the thing of like his voice is just another instrument because they're not like tracking the guitar separate from the voice, separate from all the other instruments. It's like that sort of collective piece of his voice is just as much of a thing to listen to as all of the other instruments that are on the track too which i think is cool especially for a nine minute song because it just it keeps going and going and it's it's like very like you said improv jazz kind of stylistic that way
2: really important note that you hit on there that this is a nine minute song
1: (laughs) and maybe you guys
2: do your homework before
1: this
2: (laughs) wasn't like i wasn't gonna let you get off the hook with a two and a half minute pop song
0: yeah we we double checked this is in fact, not the longest song that someone has brought us. Uh, Aaron of the Hitstone Live podcast on, on our last season talked about Pyramids by Frank Ocean, who you mentioned earlier. Isn't and that song, I, I believe, Catherine, you said, what, it's 10 seconds longer?
1: Yep. So. Just, just right around the same limit, but we didn't hit the record today, but you know. Pyramids is a pretty Plus. good thing to be second to, so. <laughs> yeah,
2: there's probably some similarities between those two songs, too. Now that you so now, yeah, I, I'm thinking about it, I'm going to yeah. listen to both back to back. Yeah. I think with this song, with Madame George, one of the reasons that I picked it and like it so much is because it goes on and on and on, and it kind of, like, pulls you in more and more and more. And so you realize, like, I think when I was choosing this, I was like, wait a minute, am I seven minutes into this song? Like, still, this is still playing? (laughs) And it's, this song is part of the whole album, which is, like, kind of similar to it. Like, one song bleeds into the next, bleeds into the next. And so I think of it as almost as one thing. But that is the power of this song for me, is that it's, like, it grabs you, and it, like, pulls you in and pulls you in. It's like a warm blanket.
0: Yeah. This is an artist, I think that if you were a contestant on track star it's really hard to to not know van morrison's voice you know even as someone who's like not listened to him all that much that voice is so unmistakable it's it's
2: funny you should say that because today i played a song by van morrison on the show for a contestant and she couldn't get it for the whole song and she's like i don't know why i don't know this i don't know this and then all of a sudden after the song was over she goes is that van morrison and it was like, she was listening to her for so long. I'm like, you don't recognize the voice? And so that song was Gypsy Queen. And it, but wow. it did hit her. But it was funny that you say that because That's it happened so just wow. today. Episode dropping soon for all the listeners That out is there. very
0: funny. Yeah. I mean, yeah, obviously there's always... <laughs> There's always like weird mental blocks you have, you know, but, but yes, I think he has a very distinct timbre of his voice, you know, because even if you only have ever heard Brown Eyed Girl, you know, you listen to this and you're like, oh yeah, yeah, I see musically it's totally different, but that voice, that voice. Yeah. There's
2: another (laughs) artist. I don't know if you guys have listened to Joe Cocker much, but he is sort of the one other person who's like, like in that same category. And I believe they're both, I believe Joe Cocker's Irish also. And they have this like huskiness and soul in the voice that Joe Cocker is even more extreme, but they fit together.
0: Okay. Yeah, just just as a, a fact check, because Irish people might get mad at us or British people. Joe Cocker is is English, just, not thank gosh. so it's close. But they thank would, God you know, they might get a little touchy. Ho- Hosier,
1: there, there's so. another <laughs> Irish person who has a lot of grit in his voice. Is Hosier? So <laughs> Hosier.
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. T- t- take me to church. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> This is one of those yeah. albums where it doesn't have a hit song. It doesn't have a standout song. I've been listening to this, like I said, for over a decade all the time. I always return to this. So if people are listening I would, and they're like curious, I would say, yeah, sure, listen to this song, but listen to the whole album from the beginning. And then you'll arrive at this song and I think it feels like a destination or it feels like a culmination of a lot of thoughts and feelings. And so, and I wonder if the order of the songs. we were talking about this before, if it was just like because that's how they recorded it. And they said, oh, yeah, let's put this. Okay, perfect. Let's put it together. If it was like a record label making a decision about where they should fall and saying, oh, yeah, this song's nine and a half minutes long. Maybe we should put it at the end. It doesn't even fit on the A-side. So <laughs> yeah. I'm, saying, I'm saying all this to say, check out the whole album. And if you'll really like it. And send me a message if you listen to it. If you listen to this podcast and you listen to Astral Weeks because of this, I would love to hear. I would love to talk to you about it.
0: Yeah, well, that's that's a perfect place to end, Jack. First of all, thank you so much for joining us and talking to us about this song and so many other things. But if people do listen to Astral Weeks and want to get in touch with you, where should they go to do so?
2: You can find us on probably most relevant to this podcast at Trackstar Show on Instagram or TikTok, and if you like YouTube videos, you can find us at Public Opinion NYC on YouTube. Very cool. Uh, and send me a DM; I'm there.
0: I'm responding. Nice. Uh, well, thank you again so much, and hopefully we'll talk more soon. Thank you, guys. All right, Catherine. So that was the interview. What did uh, What did you think?
1: Yeah, he's just such a cool guy. I'm like really excited that we got to talk to him. I've been seeing all the TikToks and reels and everything since we spoke to him and just kind of knowing a little bit of the process is cool. And then hearing kind of what's behind his musical taste was also very cool because I always wonder about that too.
0: Yeah. I do feel bad. I, I feel like I didn't have a good poker face that the truth I mean it's just the truth. I don't I don't really care for this Van Morrison song. Um <laughs> but you know, but you know that's that's what this is all about, right? Like we're yeah, all we all have, have to, our own. We don't have to be
1: and... obsessed with every yeah with every song. And I think it's like it's always interesting to hear the reasoning behind it, no matter if we like the song or not. I, I think it's like always about what it means to the person themselves. So yeah, I thought that was a really cool aspect of it.
0: Yeah, and I'm sure Astral Weeks is on that 500 Greatest Albums list, so you'll you'll come back around to it. At some yeah,
1: point. <laughs> I'm ex- I'm excited to hear it all in context because I did not get to do that this time around. So
0: yeah, cool. Um, Well, if you out there have opinions on Astral Weeks or Van Morrison, please let us know. Find us on social media at Pod—that's That's GR8SongPod or GR8SongPod at gmail.com. Let us know what you think.
1: Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Leave us a review or share this podcast with a friend, an enemy, a lover, an acquaintance. Yeah, we'd love to have you send it to somebody you know.
0: Well, Catherine, thank you, as always, for helping me co-produce the show. I want to give a special thanks to Izzy for help with mixing, to Roger for our podcast art, to Skylar Spence for Kratos in Love, our theme music, and to you, the listener, for listening. Thank you so much, and uh, we'll talk to you next time.
1: Bye!